everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hello. Welcome to what promises to be a very special episode of Hop Culture. So our very first podcast episode ever is entitled Mother's Day, and it is still our most listened to episode to date. Um, And back then we were still getting our sea legs and the audio quality is pretty bad. Um, So we felt like we kind of needed a reboot of that episode for this Mother's Day. So we um, have our mom, the famous Karen Hopkin, back on for a redo of sorts. Hi, mom. Hi. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> thanks for coming. I feel like <laughs> thanks for being more here. of a favor for us than <laughs> for you. <laughs> so we're going to do a Q&A today. So thank you so much to those of you who submitted questions on Instagram. Before we get started, though, here are a few fun facts about our mom. So first... <laughs> She has a look of shock. (laughs) She looks very uncomfortable. I'm very worried. (laughs) They're good. They're good. Okay. The first one um, is that she majored in math education um, and was a math teacher for quite a few years. And she minored in computer science. That's a little known fact about her, which is very cool considering the fact that this was the 80s. And that wasn't a big deal. Women in STEM in the 80s. Women in STEM. Paving the way. Come on, mom. Tell a story (laughs) about how you would write your code and print it and do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yes. So um, Aunt Carrie uh, would always come with me to the computer lab because it was, she was just a good friend and would sit there doing her homework while I did my computer science homework. And everybody that worked on the, so nobody had their own computers at all whatsoever. And so you had to do your homework in the computer lab on these kind of very large uh, desktop computers. And uh, I would sit there writing my code for a long time and test it and it wouldn't work. And I'd try another thing. And anyway, I finally would fix it. And the only way you could submit it, there was no internet or anything like that, was you had to print it out. And it was on this huge printer in a completely different room. All the computers would print to this printer with, you probably don't even know that there was this like kind of. I remember that paper. paper with these little holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had to, and when you got it out, you had to tear the little, little perforated perforations off. Mm-hmm. And that's how you could prove that your program worked was you printed it out and then you had to hand so it in. What on would your paper. program do? It would kind of do something like you enter your name and it tells you hello. It was kind of stuff that like little elementary schoolers are learning on like first grade coding. (laughs) Well, it's still pretty cool considering it was like groundbreaking. (laughs) Really cool. Yeah. The second fact we have is that she moved to Alaska when she was only nine. Um, And it shows because she's shockingly good at ice skating. 
We say shockingly because she doesn't really enjoy sports and like never would show off these skills. So it'd just be when we force her to go ice skating. She's not a participator. <laughs> She's a facilitator. She's a planner, an organizer, a facilitator. Yeah. She yeah. Took she does ice skating, but she didn't ice skate. And so a few years ago, we went ice skating as a family. As a family. And mom was just gliding around mm-hmm. like a figure skater <laughs> and we we're all like what in the world like how did you ever know so casually like what's that um Joni Mitchell song about like I wish I had a pond I could skate away on I was like this is mom like on like like a beautiful woman from the 70s just like skating away on a pond um, that really that was her vibe I didn't yeah. think to describe it that way but yeah that's very accurate um, and then the third one is one that I just discovered on my latest trip to Alaska when I was um, helping them pack up. And we were going through some old like photos and documents and things. And I found these three photos of these young college age guys from the 80s. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. and, and they all of these photos had little love letters on the back because it's a well-known fact in our family that mom had many suitors. Mm -hmm. Dad had to battle for her hand. Yeah. I think he, I think he overplayed that. No, you have seven proposals. Let's just not. I don't know why we're, we're three of them dad though. Right now. Yeah. A lot of that's a lot of proposals. Dad asked a few times. <laughs> well, that's cuz he he was the most persistent. He was the one that battled it out. Mm-hmm. But these mm-hmm. it was so funny because all of these photos were like, "Karen, you're beautiful when you smile. You're beautiful all the time." I really enjoyed our time together this year. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Was that a thing? I love to you. Like, like, every single one professed love. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. True love to mom. <laughs> Men really had to funny. be so much smoother back in the day because the ladies these days yeah. aren't getting handwritten love letters and Absolutely photos. Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 It's true. <laughs> <laughs> So our parents are actually leaving to serve a church mission in Peru this July. So this will be our last Mother's Day that we get to spend with our mom for a few years. Oh, no. Oh, Which, dear. I mean, is really sad, but I don't think I've actually spent Mother's Day with mom since I was a senior <laughs> in, in high school. Years. So it's actually more, it's <laughs> more special point. that I will be with mom on Mother's Day this year because it's <laughs> actually true. been That's like true. 15 years since I've been with her on Mother's yeah. Day. But it is – we were trying to add a – a heartfelt addition to the episode. So our first question is, what advice would you give your 30-year-old self? Quote, eek, I'm turning 30 this year, unquote. <laughs> well, that's a toughie, but because there, there's probably quite a few things that I would say, but let me just think of a couple main ones. I think one would be for sure, the first thing that pops into my head is just to be kinder to myself because I was pretty hard on myself a lot, uh, you know, just expecting a lot out of myself as a mom and as just in every facet of my life and always feeling like I fell short. And I would just looking back, I thought I'm thinking, well, I was actually probably doing a pretty good job. And there were some things that I was doing right. So maybe, you know, recognizing that I had areas that I could improve on and giving myself the space and time to be working on those while at the same time, 
recognizing that I was doing some things well and that, you know, I had some things going for me and maybe just being a little, a little kinder in my head because I read something somewhere just recently that said you should talk to yourself as you would a a really good friend. Like if a friend made a, a mistake raising one of their children or did something kind of stupid and, you know, just whatever. Um, would you talk to your friend the way that you kind of berate yourself sometimes? And you probably, obviously you wouldn't, you would encourage them and help them realize they could, you know, fix it and that they had a lot of other good things going. You would just be so much more encouraging. And I think that's what I would tell my 30 year old self to do. And then, um, Another thing I would say would be just don't always be looking ahead and thinking, well, you know, once, once this or this happens, then I'll, I'll really be happy or, you know, really be, have arrived or, you know, feel like I've accomplished something. Don't always be looking to the future, but just enjoy everything that you have right now and just look for all the little things around you that are reasons to be happy and to be grateful. And instead of just kind of either worrying about the future or thinking, oh, if we get through this part, this, you know, hectic time as a family, then we'll have this joyous, you know, time and just realize that it's, it's here and now that you can be happy just finding little moments. Well, it's funny thinking about you and dad, like at my age, Because I remember, (laughs) you know, now my kids, my older two especially, are definitely old enough that they'll, like, remember things from childhood, which Mm -hmm. is a little scary. But I'm like, (laughs) oh, I still feel, like, so clueless and, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I clearly remember you and dad at that age, you know. And I'm like, whoa, they were my age? Like – I thought they were so old, you know, like I, I, I know. And like, you guys were really young parents, you know, like just young. I know. Just foolish. I know. Well, when I think about like, like Tess just, you know, recently got married and, um, I look at her and think when I, and you know, I was about her age when I got married and I thought I was just completely mature and an adult and ready to face every challenge. And when you look at it now, you think, yeah, Tess is very mature and she's an adult, but I don't know. It just, it just mm-hmm. seems like, oh, like the poor little, little sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to, Grace, she's Grace just gonna referring real. to me and Luca's babies. Like, yeah. <laughs> babies abroad. Babies. <laughs> babies. It's just hard when they're both the youngest <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, yeah. and knowing Knowing both of them and like you know knowing Luke in high when he was in high school and stuff, I'm like, <laughs> I just see them as like 15 years old. Yeah, <laughs> babies abroad. I I see it's myself funny. that way it's abroad. As well. <laughs> it's probably annoying, but I would well, kill for someone to call me a baby now that I'm turning same. 24. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just I miss it. Soak it up. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. like even when old people like stop me on the street, they don't think I'm that young anymore. Mm-hmm. This has turned into <laughs> and everyone telling their age aged wisdom to me. <laughs> I was about to ask Grace if a lot of old people stop her on the street, but then I realized that actually they do. So <laughs> the next question is how do you find motivation to throw parties? Oh, well, 
I actually really love to throw parties. And I think a little bit, maybe, especially children's parties, the, um, the internet and Pinterest and everything has kind of taken a little bit of the shine out of it. Um, because you used to have to think, okay, I'm going to throw like an Alice in Wonderland party. I remember that was one of Claire's. So what could I do? And you think through the story and you think of different ideas and, and it's fun. It's creative. You get to, you know, use that side and you, you kind of, for me, the party is all about like picturing the little kids coming or whichever, whatever kind of guests you're having, you know, coming and being surprised by the decorations and having fun doing the games. It's just picturing creating something really fun mm-hmm. for people. And that's what I really, you know, that's what really drives it. But now I think you could search, you know, Alice in Wonderland party, which you would obviously do, um, and get tons of ideas. And some of them would be so, you know, professional and done by professional party planners with these expensive decorations and everything. And and then it kind of would take the wind out of your sails because our parties were always very um, homemade, you know, homespun and, and, you know, looking back there, the decorations were probably maybe kind of cheesy. We painted our own things and, but we loved doing it and it was super fun. And I think it was just the, you know, the anticipation that would build up from the birthday girl. And now I just, I don't know if it's maybe just your party's never going to measure up to all those ones on. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. The good news is as far as like the kids getting excited, what I've realized is Little kids have such low expectations, honestly. (laughs) They do. They do. And it's very heartwarming. Like the simplest party, they're just so excited for it to be like all about them. For sure. I try to tell myself that because I feel like my parties, I put so much effort in and they look like I just waltzed into Walmart that morning and was like, I'll just buy some balloons and some pizza. And like, I didn't put any additional thought into this. Like, that's what it looks like when really I've been like trying so hard to make it look good and it doesn't. Your parties always were so cute, mom. Like you're mm-hmm. selling yourself very short. Well, but the thing I think the more important, I mean, kids don't care what kind of decorations mm-hmm. there are. So, you know, if there are fun, par- if there are games that went along with the theme, you know, you put all your thought into the games. They're going to have so much fun. They don't care if the decorations. Sometimes I see these parties for a two-year-old with, you know, every single part of the party coordinated beautifully. Well, the two-year-olds just want to run around and play Mm -hmm. with toys, you know. So if if you have fun things that are age-appropriate for the kids to do, then they're going to have a great time at the party and it doesn't have to be, you know, something so spectacular. But I was just thinking while you were talking about, you know, the low expectations – the group that I would like to entertain the most, that I enjoy entertaining the most, is teenagers, weirdly enough. Because I feel like when you girls had your friends over for different parties, they, teenagers, number one, are so excited to be together, to have a place where they can go and hang out all together. Mm-hmm. They want to see one another. They're very social. They want to flirt with whoever and they want to, you know, hang out with their best friends. And so the fact that you're having, you're hosting that is already your, you have a win because they want to come somewhere and have a fun party. So really, if you have food and you open your home to teenagers, you have already Mm -hmm. scored, you know, a a big hit. Anything you do above and beyond that, they're Mm going to love. They're just, they're very easy to please because they just are excited to have any kind of party as teens, preteens and teens, little kids. I feel the same, but 
by the end of those parties, you really need like a three-week vacation. It is so crazy when little kids have parties. They're so hyper. And the more you add to the mix, the you know crazier it is. So I love little kid parties, but you do get very tired by them. So I, And adult parties, I don't know, they don't have the same energy <laughs> as, as teenagers. You know, they just, it's nice. And I think you also feel a little more intimidated by your own mm-hmm. peers. So I like to put on teen parties. Mm-hmm. They're just fun. Teenagers are not used to having like parties thrown for them anymore, I think, because mm-hmm. you kind of like right. grow out of it. And for a while you think like, it's not cool to like make this, you know, make your birthday like a big deal or anything. But then, <laughs> then you come mm-hmm. back around and like anyone throwing yes. a party, if there's like a theme or anything, like it's actually really exciting because like, you haven't it. gotten yeah. that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And even I remember, I can't remember who's, I think it was Claire's party one time when she was a teenager. Because yeah, especially Claire went through a phase where she was like, kind of embarrassed by anything and everything <laughs> like about 13 or so 13 and 14 but then she kind of you're right she came around and one time we had a party and we played that game where you have to pull each other's socks off mm-hmm. which is really a, really a little kid game that was fun with teenagers and there were so many teenagers racing around on all fours in our basement trying to pull each other's socks off <laughs> and it was hilarious they had a great time i think you could pull out a pinata or any of kind of little kid games and they're excited to like replay them as teenagers Mm -hmm. for some reason when i was a teenager the most exciting thing in the world to me was when we got to play murder in the dark Mm. which is the Mm -hmm. stupidest game it's such a dumb game there's just something about like having a whole house to hide in you know Mm -hmm. like it's just yeah they're very easy to please taking over a whole house yes it's shrieking like it's shriek yeah (laughs) i remember being like scared though like exhilarated yeah and it's like it's like a haunted house (laughs) what (laughs) 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 except worse (laughs) i just think no one wants to i shouldn't say no one but i think a lot of parents don't want to host teenagers they just think it's like I don't know. So I think just if you're willing to even host them, that's like half the battle, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like being, yeah. opening your house up to your kid's friends. Yeah. And it's actually so fun. I loved all your, all your friends. Every single one of you had great friends and we just loved having them over. And yeah. So I wish I could go back to those days every once in a while, like just this last Easter, a couple of weeks ago, we had three not really teenagers. They're all up, they're all in their twenties, but we pretended like they were. And we had Tess and Luke and uh, my nephew Mitch <laughs> hanging around with us for Easter. And we did an egg hunt, and we did this the little like we used to do with the clues um, for you guys. And it was just it was so fun. It was it was so fun. <laughs> just feed a little bit back into that for for yeah, a day. So yeah, super. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do want to come to my defense while we're on parties because I was oh, listening no. to the Grudges episode. Oh, no! And I just want to bring up a couple of things in my defense. Oh my gosh. So I was laughing so hard about it. So one thing was, remember how Tess said I feel like that, this is all gonna be you know, on me. <laughs> no, this was not on you. This was everyone else saying, where was mom when, you know, it was so mean to not invite this one little girl, but I. <laughs> no, no, we were not. We, <laughs> I think I, 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 I was 
believe I heard it. (laughs) (laughs) So the problem is, remember, I most of the time we either invited your entire church class or or your entire body of some sort of friends so that it was not leaving anybody out. But every once in a while, we would have a little bit of a smaller party because you can't have, sometimes you can't do the the vision of the child with, you know, quite a number of people. And so there's two times that were discussed in that episode. One was when she invited her entire kindergarten class to her cowgirl (laughs) birthday. And it was a super fun birthday, but that was the time, the infamous time where I made everyone bring a puzzle and have a puzzle (laughs) exchange. And she was very unhappy with me. But there were 25 kids in her class. She could not get 25 mm-hmm. presents. And it would have been such a long present opening. Can you oh, imagine? Man. Oh, that's true. Those Tessa's kids eyes right now are just filled with so rapture happy. about thinking about 25 <laughs> presents. <laughs> the last three or four birthday parties we've been to, the kids don't even open the presents. They just oh, say all probably, it's probably better because there's everybody. so much jealousy in your heart as a child. Mm-hmm. There's is a lot of jealousy in your heart. And <laughs> yeah. And then you have, if your child, you have to coach them before. Oh, I remember yeah. always telling you guys, if you get two of the same thing, don't say, I already have this. Or don't, you know, <laughs> if you get something yes. you already mm-hmm. have, do not say that. There's Make a lot sure of coaching. you say, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of stress over it. So I think that's probably smart. <laughs> but anyway, and it probably, looking back, I probably could have thought of it. That was probably disappointing to poor little <laughs> but the second one where we i don't remember why we we were doing some kind of a party where we were um you know gonna do some like you said there was all these like individual things and then what am i supposed mm-hmm. to do if if a little girl just mm-hmm. shows you up have, I have oh, to, and, have to and i do remember you guys saying like well did you talk about it in front of this little girl i just want to say again I was not friends with this little with this little girl. We were not friends at that point, and I did not say anything to her about the party. It just word got out. Yeah, it's tricky. it's real tricky it with tricky. birthday parties. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. and tricky. I also want to say I I've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners oh, no. about this episode, and I these are not real grudges. I understand mom's reasoning. I know. Well, Tess. <laughs> I got some feedback on this episode from someone who said that they also have a birthday party grudge from when they were eight years old. Wait, and was it? I wonder if it was the same friend because is it? Yeah, she told me the same thing. She's like, I love that episode because she's like, I still have a grudge from my birthday when I was a kid. And at who doesn't, yeah. who doesn't have a birthday grudge? Yeah. So I think, you're, yeah. I think you're in the clear. Childhood birthdays are a big, a big emotional Birthdays are they they are and that's why the Berenstain Bears too much birthday book you know is always referenced at, after almost every party because there was too much birthday book like I don't know when Hazel's having like a meltdown or something I'll be like oh too much birthday uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I'll say too much birthday like if I like overeat something yeah like, yeah I've like been watching too much TV like, oh, too, too much, much of a birthday. good thing too much of a good thing uh huh exactly yeah. birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mom, what set your soul on fire as a young mom and what set your hair on fire as a young mom? Hmm. Set my hair on fire would probably be just the constant messes. Uh, you know, like just, it, I know that you're supposed to say that. I don't know. There's some kind of saying where it's like, Cobwebs. I, I don't even cobwebs know what the saying don't sleep. is. I'm rocking my yes. baby. Babies don't keep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is this? I'm not saying again. Poem that like was in every house in the 90s. 
And it's very touching. It makes me cry, but it it is like oh. it's basically the idea is like let the mess go and just enjoy your kids while they're little because babies don't keep and they grow up too oh, fast. That's oh, sort of been no. my philosophy raising with raising Jet. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's why my house is always so messy. <laughs> oh, I mean, I and I told I that poem always did make me tear up too, and then I resolve to, you know, live in the moment and enjoy your children while and that's all good. That's for sure I believe in that and I believe that you shouldn't just be so hyper about, you know, appearances or your house being clean that you don't enjoy your children. But there's a certain amount of you have yeah. to clean up messes mm-hmm. all the time. You can't let horrible crumbs and stickiness be all over the floor and all over the table, you know, and you can't let your kids learn to live, you know, like Rutting pigs or something. You you just have to you have to teach some kind of standards, and you have to have some kind of standards of cleanliness in your house. And just the constant. I just remember that Grandma and Grandpa still remember this game, but Claire especially. And then she taught it to Anne and Grace. Their games always involved packing up, so emptying everything out that you possibly could make into a backpack or a bag or anything stuffing every toy you owned into these bags and backpacks and pillowcases, whatever you possibly could. Cause you know, you were, I was a pioneer, a lot. pioneers going on the trail <laughs> or you were just running from the bed, whatever you were doing, you had to move. Natural and so disasters. you would ta- yeah, pack lots of natural disasters. every natural disasters and you would pack everything into these things and you would move. Would you unpack? No. Would you ever clean that up? No. So then I would find down in the living room behind the couch or something after you'd gone to sleep, billions of bags of every toy just crammed <laughs> into these knapsacks and putting it all back took hours. Oh, my girls. I read that it's a developmental stage that children go through. So I was It sounds right like the track. beginnings of Grace's bag method. Truly, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I true. would ask it's you true. this. Was it harder to clean up than if we had just left it all on the floor? Yeah, no, you probably putting it in the bags is an essential step to getting it cleaned up. We didn't. I mean, we didn't make it easy on mom. We were we we made messes with abandon. Well, she taught us a valuable. I still remember. I still like hear your voice all the time in my head saying, "You need to clean up one mess before you make another one." Mm -hmm. And I actually think about that a lot because my natural tendency is still not to. Not to do that, but I clean up my messes before I make another one. If I'm doing a craft, I have to put it away before I can do something else. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, just the constant, I think that, because it was very fun having all these cute little girls in my house. And, and you know, there was, and maybe also just a little bit bickering. Bickering and mess making are probably the two banes of of the existences of moms, but but um, what would be the set my soul on fire? I think at the time I well, it's always been my escape would be just to read, and so if I had a really good book, um, to kind of focus on and just learn from, I loved reading, I loved learning, whether nonfiction or fiction. I just liked really well written stories and books, and that kind of was my outlet. And my intellectual outlet at the time, because sometimes it can be a little bit mind numbing having little kids and just their constant, you know, their constant needs. So that was something that I truly enjoyed and still do, obviously. But 
it was even if I had 15 minutes to read a book. Remember how I would use to sometimes escape mm-hmm. into my own lunchtime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I'll just be in here mm-hmm. for a few minutes. <laughs> oh. A few people asked for tips on raising daughters. Oh, dear. Well, we didn't turn out. So I guess, right? I don't know that she's. Seek elsewhere. I hate to give advice because the thing is, Dad and I always would say, how are our girls so nice when we are the really bad parents? You know, we we didn't have very <laughs> I feel like good I can't I can't let that statement. It was just, just it's kind no. of a miracle. Seriously. I mean, we were not very consistent in our discipline. We would make up different charts and they would fail. We would have different plans that we were going to do. And two weeks later, it wouldn't be there anymore. And I don't know. We I just feel like you you read all these parenting books and nobody can really live up to all those different methods. And so I just felt like we just really got lucky with four really, really great girls that just kind of had wonderful little personalities right from the start. But one thing I would definitely say would be don't beat yourself up over looking back, I made a lot of mistakes. And even at the time, you know, you're making mistakes. Um, Like, for instance, little things like, uh, Oh, what was I thinking about today that you guys just mentioned in a podcast? I'll hear something in a podcast. I'm like, oh, dear, oh no, no, oh, no, oh, no, mom, <laughs> just funny things. No, no, no. Like, like for instance, I will not name names, but there's certain of you that uh, bring up <laughs> when no, there's certain of you that bring up when I forgot you one time at uh, oh my seminary, gosh. I never and then before. there was also. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> and then certain of you who probably should have been taken to the doctor for their for their appendage mm-hmm. um, being broken. But, you know, which I, you look back and you think, but then again, you look on the other hand, if you baby everybody for every little mm-hmm. ailment they have, because I probably was pretty hard-hearted about some of your ailments and just like my classic advice was take a shower mm-hmm. and go to bed and in the morning you'll probably feel well, better. To be, yeah, to be fair to you, and I came in your room every single morning in high school and said I was sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> every single day. <laughs> every day. So I just, I kind of was more, oh, you're going to be fine. And so I probably should have taken some things more seriously. But on the other hand, if I would have babied you about every little thing, then you, I don't know, that would also be bad. So you could beat yourself up for hours over little little things, which are silly like that, or even com- some kind of serious things. Because, you know, back in the day, we didn't realize that you were not supposed to say disparaging things about like your, how you looked and, you know, those type of things, because that and that rubs off on your daughters. Well, now that's common knowledge, but we didn't know that. And so I said disparaging things about myself when I was just like, oh, this look, this makes me look bad. Or I, you know, I hate how my hair looks or whatever I would say. And, you know, now I know that was probably not the best thing to say around you guys, you know, so parents make mistakes, but I still think you guys turned out so amazing. So I think is if you just show your kids a lot of love, they're going to understand a few little mistakes are not going to ruin everybody. And just do your best and love them and support them and uh, don't beat yourself up about little, little mistakes that you make along the way. Cause everybody will, and kids will understand. And my toe 
has only <laughs> made me stronger. So, you know, the struggles that your kids might face because of the mistakes you made. They don't care. One thing that always has stood out to me about mom with parenting was she'd always tell me not to get in a power struggle with usually Anne or Tess, like (laughs) a younger sister where like I was fighting or trying to control them or we were like, I just wouldn't back down because I was trying to like, and I feel like that was sort of her motto was like, you know, don't get in a power struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's hard. Like, I feel like when I'm babysitting or something, sometimes I'll be like, I'm mad because the kid is not listening to me, not because like <laughs> they're actually doing something that bad. And, and then I'm like, I hear mom's voice being like, don't get in a power struggle. And I'm like, <sighs> but I feel like that was sort of her, a big method of her parenting was like, I, she wasn't trying to like, I don't know, rule with an iron fist or something. Yeah. yeah. No, mom was never like, I felt like mom and dad had high expectations as far as like morally and like our family's like beliefs and getting good grades, like we knew what the expectations were, but they were not super into like, you have to do exactly what we say just because I yeah. said it, you know, like. No, yeah. They were never. Yeah, like it would have right. been impossible to rebel just because there weren't like church standards, be nice, have good manners, get good grades. That was like pretty much the mm-hmm. rules. Like there were, they yeah. were never like, yeah. you have it's to true. like, don't take food out of the kitchen or, you know, that kind of rules. I'm like, we didn't really have rules like that. So I'm bad about curfew, enforcing stuff like, like that with my kids. Yeah. There was no curfew. There was no curfew because I, like, I wanted to come home as early as I possibly could. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> curfew was like us texting mom and saying like, can you please say that like I have to come home? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> sometimes... Yeah, sometimes I would come home in the middle of the night, like two in the morning, sometimes on a school night. Poor mom was. <laughs> oh my <goodness. laughs> I know. And so poor mom would be laying like a mummy in their bed mm-hmm. with her eyes closed. And I would just come and just be about to touch her. <laughs> eyes would shoot open. <laughs> just like, it, was, it was like so startling. But she was so worried. I feel though, like. Like, I remember thinking even back then, like, I don't have a curfew and all my friends have curfews. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Like, I just remember thinking, like, I just do what mom and dad want me to do because I just like them. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to be like them. I wanted to be their buddy. And so you're like, I'm not going to do anything, you know, wrong because. Yeah. Disappointing your parents is like the worst. Well, I remember Mm -hmm. when Ella, remember when Ella was being, I say remember as if it was a past thing. (laughs) She's gotten better. But when she was like two or three and she would be so irreverent during prayers and it was like kind of embarrassing too. Part of, a lot of parenting is also like your own ego. Like it's kind of like, oh wow, Mm -hmm. like I have no control and like my kid's behavior is reflecting poorly on me. Like a lot of times when I feel bad about (laughs) myself as a mom, it's really my own pride, you know? And I was telling mom, I'm like, I don't know what to do because that was after the incident where we were praying and she came up and went, I'm touching bums. And she had her hand (laughs) on the bums. Like her in <laughs> so I do think just yeah, just love your kids and they'll turn out fine. But what, who was the who was the most difficult teenager? Well, 
We know it's Claire. Well, that's not a hard question to answer, is it? It's a pretty it's a pretty easy question to answer. <laughs> because <laughs> because Claire went through a phase where she just I think it was kind of a little bit of I don't know if it was a power struggle or what it was, but remember how you just would not back mm-hmm. down from whatever yeah. it was. And mom would be like, "And just go to bed. You'll feel better in the morning." Uh-huh. It would just be getting later and later <laughs> into the night as I'm just like crying uh-huh. and becoming like more rational. <laughs> she would work herself up, sort of like a toddler. Like, yeah, <laughs> she would get really worked up about things, and then you would see her head. Like, I would say, "Just go to your room and." I think you'll feel better if you just go to your room for a little while and cool down. And you would see her head descending down the stairs, still just just her head would be poking up. And she'd still want to get that last word in about some whatever it was. And about, yeah, a parting shot. Very Merry Christmas of sorts. In here already. I don't I don't know. I don't it's kind of a legendary story. Well, it is a legendary story, which was when one of these incidents happened. She got pushed beyond her limitations. She was upset about something. We were all gathered around the table. It didn't help. Anne and I would laugh oh, at her they, face. They <laughs> would like. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as she started getting worked up, there was a lot of mockery, and that didn't help. <laughs> and so, sure enough, she got pushed beyond, and finally, she just gets up, storming away. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. And that was her, that was just the meanest thing she could think of to say, I guess, at the time. But we all just burst into laughter. It didn't work at all. What time of the year was it? It was Christmas time. It was, the thing is, it was like, yeah, it was Christmas time. A few weeks before Christmas, but I was so angry. (laughs) Truly, I was like, I will not be speaking to these people at Christmas. I will still be mad. (laughs) Didn't a part of didn't you say like a part of your heart like you you felt like you genuinely wanted us to have a good Christmas? (laughs) You just knew it was your last chance. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna be here for Christmas. I was like 15. And then, and then I got a phone call to ask me out on a date like half an hour later and mom comes tiptoeing in the room with the phone and she's like, Claire, it's so-and-so. I think he's going to ask you out on a date. Please be nice. Just be nice to him. Don't take it out of him. And she like hands me the phone. Oh man. It was a rough, it was a roller coaster of emotions, but. But the thing is, we say she was the most difficult, but she was actually so awesome in an angel in every way except for just that. sometimes at home well she was like a perfectionist like she you know she was a very good she was way easier to get honestly. to do everything she needed to do than i was, I was exactly do what I to very do. Was I organized she would yeah like make everyone else miserable. very motivated yeah, but i i at least would get my stuff done <laughs> she just would get she would just get worked up a little bit and then yeah but she's <laughs> She's grown out of it. Grace was fun to be around, <laughs> and everyone liked her and wanted her around, but it was hard to get her. But to she be. did appear in <laughs> mom's doorway every morning. Every I remember morning. that every morning. I, it was while I was going through my phase of insisting I sleep in mom's bed with her instead of dad. He <laughs> 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 had to go sleep in my bed. So I remember Grace appearing every morning, <laughs> waiting to ask I, mom. The thing is, I genuinely felt sick oh. every morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been an underlying issue, but a mental health problem, <laughs> an issue of sorts. <laughs> oh dear. 
Okay, our last question for you, Mom. Did you really say you couldn't bear to watch Tess's tennis match and just drop her off? (laughs) (laughs) I, yes. Did you really just drop her off to sleep? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) It was out of love. It was out of love. (laughs) I literally cannot watch and not because she was bad. I would get so nervous. Mm-hmm. And I, so we just barely went to the BYU men's volleyball game. And I have not gone to a sporting event for a super long time, but we were given these tickets by our brother in law and it was awesome and super fun. We got in there and two minutes into the game, I felt so nervous and I was so on edge and tense. I'm like, I realize why I do not like sporting events if you care at all about the person. You're watching, and I only, I don't even really care that much about BYU men's volleyball, except for that it's BYU, and I wanted them to win, and they looked, and they were very cute little players, but (laughs) Tess is my child. I couldn't watch her. Oh, it was terrible. I just, I would just. You watch the rest of us fail many times. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Remember when we were in St. George? This was a while, like a few years ago, and I really wanted to go fishing. And mom was like, I was so, so excited. Oh. Anne could not get over how excited I was. She was like, every time you go fishing, you're this excited and you never catch something. And yeah, I was like, I don't yeah, get that's, it. that's how it goes. But mom was like, really worried about if I didn't catch a fish, like how yeah. sad I would be. She like couldn't <laughs> so bear it. <laughs> it really made me sad. So I don't know. I wasn't because I wasn't embarrassed about Tess losing. I, we all lost. lost. Everyone of you lost. All your tennis matches. No, we did. I did lose every single one. Dad couldn't bear to watch us play sports because sometimes he was embarrassed. Remember when I played basketball? Good <laughs> <laughs> look. But you were eight years old. That was cute. they didn't fight me at so all on, on quitting soccer when I was little because oh, I was <laughs> so bad. I was so bad. <laughs> so bad i it's like comical because we would show up in our miss you know like we didn't have uniforms we were just mismatching we had these orange vests that we would put on for games and the other team had like these matching light blue uniforms you're like the poor team on tv Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we really were we're so bad (laughs) i get it though because it is now, I understand as a mom, it is like physically painful to mm-hmm. see your kids like disappointed, especially when they're trying really mm-hmm. hard and like. When they yeah. really are trying. Yeah. And they feel so bad and you just, oh, it's, well, remember Anne, when you would go to your rivalry things, a lot of times you would win, but when you went to the, <laughs> the all, whatever you've talked yeah, about it on diamond. another podcast, but when mm-hmm. it was the all school thing. And for some reason, she just choked on those ones. And it just, she just felt so bad. And I've, and it, as a mom, it's like, oh, it's worse than actually doing yeah. bad yourself. I would much rather, you know, lose a million games myself than watch a child lose their game. When they, <laughs> it's so terrible. It's a shame we're all so bad at things, except for Anne with Rifle. Yeah. Because, I mean, that really put mom through the ringer. Well, you uh-huh. all won. We it, never should have tried all. anything. Because we just kind of <laughs> failed and made mom sad. <laughs> no. The thing is, I realized that, like, losing games is part of, you know, life. And you should be able to lose a game and do fine. But 
I don't know. I can't watch it. <laughs> uh, well, Mom, thank you again so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. We, like I said, we, we really need these numbers. We need the, ra- <laughs> the ratings boost that you give us. <laughs> always do better. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so boring. <laughs> oh, you're really good. Um, does anyone have a weekly win? Yes. I've been kind of low energy lately, so I've been doing a lot of walking workouts. And I found this one on TikTok from the user Been There Done That. And she does, um, she's a self-proclaimed treadmill girl. <laughs> and she does um like walking workouts. So she just makes these playlists that are all like they have a theme, and then you just ramp up the speed just like one thing per per song and for some reason it's so fun i did her taylor swift treadmill strut as she calls it um she gives you we'll link the her playlist on spotify um and they're all so good because they're all taylor swift songs from various uh eras of taylor swift and it's just very fun. That you really just fun. get like speedier and speedier and then you run for the last two songs and it's very motivating. And I had to resist uh, dancing on the treadmill mm. <laughs> for a couple of them because I just loved every every song in the playlist was fire. <laughs> I, I, I hate that, but I didn't. <laughs> that sounds great. That's so fun. Okay, my weekly win is that um, tomorrow is Matt's graduation, um, which I'm so excited about. I'm trying to like, it's been fun because I want to make it special. So I'm like trying to think of like, not like plan a party because it's not really a, a party. We're not inviting like people to a party, but like, you know, just like make make it exciting for him. Matt's parents drove all the way out here which was super nice and it's been fun having them and mom and dad <laughs> are going to come tomorrow. They already tried to come today. <laughs> there was a mix up. There was a bit of a mix up. We had a little mix up. Cut our wires crossed. Cut our wires crossed. It was totally my bad. Mass graduation originally was scheduled for today and um, so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I told you guys it was today and then months ago the date changed and somehow that just never came up (laughs) (laughs) it also could have it definitely definitely could have been our fault we yeah no harm done we just we had a cute little car ride drive and early do it again tomorrow (laughs) had they made it all the way here i would have of course welcomed them (laughs) i want to make that um no we're super excited for tomorrow too so um yeah i i'm cracking up because dad texted matt yesterday and was like i understand you're graduating tomorrow and i'm like i'm sorry matt how did that not how did you not that they thought that graduation was like today and he was like well i i don't know i thought it was i thought it was a joke Dad, what? Which it very well could be. Oh yeah, Yeah. confusing jokes back and forth to each other. Oh, the old man really understands the joke. Like half the time, I will be like, I don't think your dad got my joke, and I'll like read it, and I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) So, 
Yeah. So, and then dad replied, or Matt replied, I'm not graduating tomorrow. <laughs> like, <gasps> either one of them. I didn't know that. Could, no! have, could have understood. What? But they both probably thought that. <laughs> There's <laughs> no excuse for either of oh, them. my oh. word. <laughs> So, this yeah, is what both. happens when you have a bad sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what happens when your jokes are way too vague. No one understands when you're not joking. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Winston on New Girl, so funny. his pranks aren't big, a big enough prank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh yeah, but I, I look forward to seeing mom and dad tomorrow at Matt's graduation. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Anne. Very clear. Um, well, I would like to reiterate one of Tessa's wins about the Fairlife protein shakes. Um, <gasps> are that's they not at my, your Costco? That's not my win, but they are at my Costco. Oh. Stuff, different stuff gets sold out here than is sold out there. Um, is there a national Flaming Hot Cheetos shortage? <laughs> Anything's possible these days. I think you're asking the wrong group. <laughs> so the Fairlife... Protein shakes, I got the chocolate, and like Tess said, it's not – It's you couldn't really say it tastes like chocolate milk, but it almost does. It's just there's sort of an aftertaste sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like this is chocolate milk and then sometimes it's <laughs> – yeah. But the other day I had three of them in one day and like I will drink it before bed. Like I love them. That's, They're yeah, so, so much good. protein. That's a lot of protein. That's 90 grams of protein. I don't have like – I know. I was look, I was trying to look if they have like a – just a nutrient shake. You know, like sometimes there's nutrition <laughs> ones that are like lower protein. Like insurers <laughs> so they give people in the hospital? Yeah, but like Fairlife brand. Um, but they don't. I really think Grace mm-hmm. is malnourished because she came over to Claire's for dinner and she – it was a simple – Home cooked meal, but she was like, <laughs> oh, to Claire Dave. This is so good. And she, I was working over no, a hot stove all day, day, so it wasn't so simple to eat. <laughs> That's true. Kidding. Good point. It was a delicious home cooked meal, but it was roast chicken. It was a run of the mill meal. Yeah, you know, just some rice. Delicious, the rice so, but something that you would so just good. expect. She was like, "How did you make this rice? This chicken is so juicy." <laughs> she was just like so appreciative of all of it, it which humbling. was wonderful, but I do think maybe it's because all she has is those proteins. <laughs> yeah, that I is all I have right her. now. Grace. We, I have a tip for you. <gasps> I actually thought of you today. Okay, you're going to laugh at me, though, because it's a really dumb, but I got these little steel cutout. They call them pucks. They're like actually kind of shaped like a, a tall hockey puck, mm-hmm. um, and they're frozen, and then you just <gasps> microwave them, Ooh, and you've wow. got steel cutouts. <gasps> From Trader Joe's. Oh, I don't think it would be practical for obviously Claire's family unless she's unless you're just eating them yourself. They're like it's like a dollar fifty, I think, for two of them. That's a good deal, but it's a pretty good deal for two breakfasts. So that's maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner one day, Mm -hmm. depending on like depending on how things go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that wasn't going to be my. I was just going to say Tess's win was right on the money. But also something you can get at Costco is a, there's a, so obviously you can get bulk things at Costco, but there's this particular LaCroix pack at Costco that has 12 of the Limoncello LaCroix. Remember, Anne, how we got that in Florida and it was so good? So good. So good. 
And then it's like six watermelon and six hibiscus. Ooh, hibiscus. Ooh. No, thank you. Oh, no, it's mm. so good. Lovely. It's this mm-hmm. it sounds delicious. pack is amazing. It's like the three best flavors of LaCroix in one. Whoa. We should do a segment where we just make Claire taste various LaCroix. <laughs> Sparkling water. Yeah. <laughs> Claire likes mm-hmm. Spindrift. Mm-hmm. I gave her some Spindrift. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's real fruit. I wouldn't spend my own money on it, but it was nice. <laughs> And I felt bad taking one. Spent my hard-earned money. I know. I felt. I felt bad. (laughs) I tried to say. I tried to say, "Don't give me one." But no, they were good. I love to give those out. (laughs) Love to give those out. Um, Okay. Well, I have a win uh, this week. I uh, laced up the old skates again. (laughs) Roller skates. That is roller skates. Yeah. um, I accompanied Ella to a roller skating birthday party. And she wanted me to come out on the floor with her. And I'm no mom on the rink. Uh, But it was really fun. And it was a little terrifying because, you know, I'm at a birthday party. We keep coming back to birthday parties with her friends from school, you know, and I'm trying to like – you know, hobnob with the other parents from school who I don't know very well just because of COVID. It feels like we haven't gotten to know like their classmates as well the last couple of years. So I'm meeting some of the parents for the first time. And then she's like, will you skate with me? And I'm like, what if I go out there in front of all the school parents and I'm just falling left and right? Can you imagine? You know? So <laughs> yeah. I thankfully made it around. I can't I, imagine. I only, fell, I only fell one time, but, um, <laughs> but it was so fun. It was so fun roller skating with her. And like, it just was good to end on a high note because after the rollerblading accident. <laughs> I've never been the same. <laughs> and I see all these cool gen, you know, Zers rollerblading around, like just mm-hmm. it's like so easy for them, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what I missed, but skates, roller skates tend to go a little bit better for me. So, it was really fun. Dear, what can I think of? Hmm. You could talk about the Tulip Festival. Should- oh, that was so pretty. Oh, I'll just talk about, yeah, okay. Well, my weekly win this week was definitely spending time with Tess and Luke. Um, they Their graduation was actually so, such a fun day. We kind Surprisingly of- Surprisingly fun. Uh, yeah, we undersold it to them, and that turned out to be the best thing we could have done because we're like, the convocation is so – oh, no, commencement is so boring. <laughs> There's all these speeches, and it just goes on and on, and it's just tons of people, and it's hard to get in and out of there. And We really just it made it sound horrible. like it was going to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of a long day. We were kind of trying to figure out, well, how are all the grandparents going to, you know – enjoy themselves and are they going to get too tired and you know where they where's everybody going to be it was just kind of like a concern that it was going to be kind of hard and it was also supposed to be kind of a cold day which it really kind of was Mm -hmm. but it turned out to be a really lovely day it was just the commencement which every single speech I felt like was great so the morning was wonderful then we took pictures and that went well 
Chess and Luke are very agreeable. Even they were forced to stand in line at many of the different <laughs> spots and, and take pictures, and they just smiled through it all, and they were didn't complain. And then we had a really nice lunch with all you know the two sets of grandparents and two sets of parents, and it just was a really nice day. Then we had their convocation where they both graduated, you know, together, which was so cute. Anyway, it was a wonderful graduation, and then we had we did other fun things. The Tulip Festival. I know Tori just went to the real tulips, <laughs> you know, and someday we'll get <laughs> to do that. I mean, those looked tulips. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> those looked incredible, but this was a very nice little Utah substitute. I couldn't believe we – Uncle Scott was teasing us about going to it because we went with um, his mom and Aunt Kristen, and he's like, well, it's $25 a ticket. I want to hear how many tulips, you know, how many cents per ticket or whatever, you know, when we're done. Well, we found out there were 250,000 wow. tulips planted at wow. that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were it was, billions of it tulips. It was a steal. Yeah. Per I tulip. It. it was gorgeous. Yeah, I missed the tulip Wasn't it like 0.01 cents per tulip? Didn't we decide? <laughs> yeah. It was really, yes, it was. One hundredth of a cent per tulip. And it was just really, really pretty. And it was a pretty day. And we just had lots of fun in Utah with Tess and Luke and with... My sister and her husband and family, and it was a great time. Now I'm we're here in Cleveland. It's so a tough reality. The fun they're will continue. From Utah, they're living the high life. Graduations, <laughs> tulips, weather, fun, fun, fun. Their face. Come on over. <laughs> come see Daffodil Hill. Here. Yeah, come see Daffodil, Daffodil Hill. Daffodil Hill. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland's best cemetery. <laughs> Um, yeah. A bunch of yellow daffodils. Monochromatic <laughs> <laughs> hill. Speak ill of daffodil hill, please. But yeah, it's, it's a little different. Life's grittier in the Midwest, but we're happy they're here. <laughs> and- <laughs> we're very excited to be here. <laughs> okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. Bye.